This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's a... called My Old Man. centre-backs that a lot of people would put in their all-time Premier League 11 so he's helped me and coached me and I've been able to learn from him and yeah long may it continue I, I hope that I hope that it does continue he's he's been a great mentor for me and Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for the latest show, episode 78, Mr. Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground, back again. Yes. Welcome, Mr. Rogers. Hello, hello, hello. I have returned for more. And also returning for more, Mr. Max Stokes from Villa on Tour. Welcome. Hello, hello. You shouldn't have got beaten by... Let's be honest, their goal. Yes, I'm yes. being salty, but it came off the post. It's come off the post. Poor defended by Everyone's us. Everyone's just stood still. Yes, don't give us abuse for losing. No, I mean, no. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. Us, we apologise. I don't really know what to say. If you want to talk about it and uh, explain, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that that raw. The, the defeat is very raw. Uh, Start on a different tact, uh, yeah. Mr. Max Stokes. I, I'll tell you what I did this week or last weekend, or whatever. I went to Macclesfield. Right. Then the next day after sleeping up north for one night, I was on the road trip to uh, Holland via a stop off at Dunkirk Beach and then somewhere else in Holland. A few days in Holland with my sister. Then I flew directly from Amsterdam to Villa Park to spend some quality time with Max Stokes at the away fan consultation meeting at uh, at Villa Park. But you weren't there. What, what, what went wrong? Um, a slight uh, family issue, but... Uh... Uh, don't need to worry about that i'll be at the next one is everything okay is yeah everything yeah okay? yeah no need to worry everything's fine you missed you missed what the uh, west midlands police uh they they always have a uh a person at these meetings just obviously the police are involved with the you know way days and uh, logistics is it that geezer stewart yeah mr mr stewart bladen yeah, uh, yeah. described the meeting as lively 
and that was it was lively because we got onto the away ticket scheme oh dear which uh, it was it was all about rebooting it mm. and then suddenly somebody said what a lot of people have been saying mm. on social media why don't we just scrap it and then it all kicked off from there and actually the the club were open to that suggestion i suggested doing a poll on it uh, the club were okay with that just because I didn't think that 10 people in a room should really be making a decision when a lot of there was a lot of self-interest there just because obviously people were there because they were away fans they weren't linked to any particular group and then we were going to we had a vote and uh, it was defeated actually it was it was up for being scrapped but I think I would say like 65% I would say there was about 12 people in the room but anyway we were told to like sleep on it I said I'm going to do a poll anyway I think at the moment that poll's running about 55% in favour of scrapping it. So it's, I don't know, kind of 50-50. But anyway, we'll see how that one pans mm, out. See if, if we're using the Brexit theory, it's 55, isn't it? It's, yeah. that, you're out, you're out. Let's scrap the scheme, scrap the scheme. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, I mean, without getting too much into it, I mean, Norwich, for example, have st- opened uh, an away scheme, and that's like a paywall. Ooh. First of all, they send up, they put out a press release saying, "Oh, yes, Premier League, we are having thirty pound tickets for away fans." It's well, actually, everybody's doing that. Mm. That's the maximum. That's you know, that's the maximum yeah, the you're allowed to yeah. charge. So now, for their own fans, they're making them pay. I think it's 40, 50 quid a year to actually have access to away tickets. So you can't have an away ticket unless you join this scheme. So if you buy, I think I think it's 40 quid. If it's 40 quid, sorry, it's 50 quid. So if you buy five away tickets, then that's it. You're, li- you know, you're essentially spending 40 pounds a ticket, which is over the cap. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit, it's a bit dubious. Holy Villas God. works more like a, you, you, you a member of the scheme, Max. I am indeed, yes. How, how do you find it, since you are one who uses it? Me, personally, I think it's fine. But that's because I got in there early. I remember when they brought out the away season ticket and it was like they hadn't really promoted it anywhere. Like I just saw it on the yeah. website. I knew it was like a little bit about it. So I just got in there early. But I know a lot of people didn't know about it. And obviously, they got snapped up really fast and they got kind of mugged off. But for me, I think it worked great for those people that had it. But for those that yeah. don't and still went every week, they got a little bit mugged off by those people that did buy it and then proceeded to only go to the likes of Blues, Albion and all that. But mm, it was okay. Did you enter it when you were just, essentially you're a home season ticket holder and you could have bought that away ticket to give you access to away tickets without having any like, you know, historical uh, booking history on away. So you can just get it straight off just for being a home season ticket holder. Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't really agree with that. I think it should have gone off the the previous season, like it should every year, I think. Yeah, I mean, because the club are in a position, and this is this is what creates the argument is uh, or the debate is it can become a closed shop if it's the only people who have access or people to away tickets next season, for example, fans that have been fifteen, eighteen times, and you know, you would say on one hand, well, you know, loyalty they deserve it, and obviously that is uh, that is correct, but also it becomes a closed shop, so you're waiting for either them, you know, either those people to quit or die, essentially. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> And they just get older and older. So, you know, the villa away just gets grayer and grayer and and, (laughs) uh, the gut buckets get bigger and bigger. And uh, it's a bit unfair on younger people. And like, for example, do you think you would have got on and been to as many away games and obviously, uh, you know, launched your channel if you didn't have that? Uh, away season ticket I probably would have gone to all the away games anyway but it would have been so much harder to get tickets because obviously there's a much smaller allocation of tickets that you could have actually got and there would have been a mad scramble for them yeah but 
I see what you mean when you say it's hard to actually get involved if you haven't done 18, 20 yeah, away games and- the season before, but... Mm, that's the tough bit. I think you know it's one. If you're in, you're in. Then it's it's happy days. Yeah. But I think as the the ground lies now, you, there still has to be some kind of provision because I think what they're looking at is the original plan was if you were a season and way season ticket holder last year and you you could only renew if you'd been to fifth at least fifteen games and if you hadn't then you'd have to drop out and uh, people uh, essentially said well make that eighteen because I think eighteen there's about a thousand Villa fans have been to eighteen. Uh, games yeah i like that that means anybody who's been to 18 games will definitely get a ticket at bournemouth because the allocation at bournemouth is going to be 1350 ish jesus so that is the problem is making sure all the you know the people have done the time and been to the games actually have access to that bournemouth game so the people have done like let's say have pretty much perfect history booking uh, from aways in the last season that's their big problem if they didn't join the away scheme out of principle and they don't want to join it are they going to get a ticket how many people are going to be on this away scheme are they going to get a ticket for Bournemouth so what they're thinking of doing is if they proceed with the away scheme again they'll they'll drop Bournemouth I mean I suggested any allocation at below 1,500 should be exempt from the scheme so if we play some you know piss pot town in uh, in the FA Cup or something and it's a small allocation like then blues. obviously that's it that's yeah <laughs> like blues that would be exempt as well so anyway we'll see how that one plays off and another idea is I mean I like this concept of everybody having a chance at least of getting a away ticket and the club suggested a ballot and we're talking small numbers I mean they're through figures 100 and then that went down to 50 but if you're a home season ticket holder if you've got access to a ballot because you know for whatever reason you want to go and see a game it's either on your doorstep because you live in that city or uh you know I think Palace these club memberships like Claret membership Palace's equivalent gives anybody who joins that they can choose one away game to be in a ballot for a ticket. While that doesn't sound like it's a great benefit, but it, at least it's opening, you know, it keeps the door open, even if it's just a bit of hope that you'll get an away ticket. At least it's possible, if you know what I mean. So it's not a completely closed shop. And the number's so small that it wouldn't affect any of the uh, the regulars anyway. But anyway, that's a, a debate for another day. We'll talk about uh, in the show uh, later on the football consultation group meeting with Christian Perslow, which... Uh, essentially cleared up many matters of the uh, the summer rebuild and the summer planning for Villa's return in the Premier League. We'll talk about that at the end. Uh, first of all, there'll be the three points, uh, which range, well, they range from all kinds of things. Premier League matters, which we're allowed to talk about now. Shenanigans at the Women's World Cup. And also strange South American teams. As the Copper America kicks off, we'll also have a Scott Hogan touch count, which will touch on... We were going to take the Scott Hogan touch count meter out to Egypt to follow uh, (laughs) Almo, but that just proved too expensive and it doesn't fare well in the heat. But we did find uh, another... Villa player from the playoff winning team who is still in circulation so he will be the focus of the uh, Scott Hogan touch count this episode then we get into what's essentially been happening in the last week or so there's no sign of Mings the extension of John Terry out of nowhere surprise well potentially surprised since he's only just been granted a, an extension Jed Steers contract and also Courtney House as expected finally joins Villa on a on a full and uh, I don't believe we've had a chance of t- talking about Big Wes yet so I think we me and Chris spoke about him on the the patron bonus uh, podcast where we also talked about uh, the Christian Perslow meeting but we'll go through the main highlights uh, in this podcast for everybody as well right 
Point number one, we're back in the Premier League, so we can the Premier League is relevant again. Max Stokes, what's the, been the main thing that's happening and, and the main question on everybody's lips? Yes, so Maurizio Sarri, who's recently joined Juventus from Chelsea after just winning the Europa League. So obviously all the talk about Frank Lampard going to Chelsea, possibly going to Chelsea, is going to crop up. Apparently, according to his uncle, Harry Redknapp, it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, while the Derby chairman, Mel Morris, said that Chelsea are yet to approach Derby over Frank Lampard, but that would suggest that it's going to hot up this week. But Chelsea would have to pay £4 million for Frank Lampard, who's on holiday at the moment, but I don't really think that means too much. Um, obviously, the, his assistants, Jody Morrison, Chris Jones would look like going with him. Sorry, is, is uh, excuse me, is that the same team that failed to beat Villa at uh, Wembley? It's not the same guys, is it? It must be. I believe it is. <laughs> Just remind me, Max, of the aggregate score. Hang Over on, three let, games. Let me do some maths. Well, uh, wait, hang on. Seven, eight, nine, one, was it? That doesn't sound fit for Chelsea. Is it nine, one? Is it nine, one or is it nine, two? It's nine, one. Fuck. Doesn't sound fit for Chelsea, that, does it? So that's good enough for Chelsea, is it? Nine, nine, one. <laughs> I'll take that this season. <laughs> There's three points at Stamford Bridge. We didn't expect initially, but uh, put them in the bank. Put them in the bank. Jody Morris was a bang average footballer as well, wasn't he? Don't get personal, Dan. Yeah, he was. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to throw it in. <laughs> anyway, as you were, gentlemen. <laughs> I was in a taxi, uh, an Uber actually, and there was some. Uh, this is in Birmingham, but he was still a Chelsea fan. <sighs> bit of a plastic didn't didn't really know his footy but you know hey ho each to their own so he was kind of excited about Lampard but I did propose I thought it was in Chelsea's interest that Lampard potentially learned his trade a bit more and actually mm. would do do well with another year or two at Derby because that that will show you if he's a good manager because Derby you know they got close and they obviously punched above their weight because the way they got rid of Leeds which they weren't expected to now if he can get him up next year then you're thinking I mean, it gets a bit stickier because obviously he's in the Premier League and uh, he f- would feel that maybe you should you know, give Derby a season at least in there. But at least Chelsea would have a manager who actually has earned his spurs a bit, had a lot, you know, got a bit more experience and potentially that would serve them for him to be a better manager and potentially build a legacy. Because if he just goes there now and it goes tits up, then you you know, you know the turnover mm. in that league. You, you could be out the door, you know, by the end of the season, or if not that, you know, the next it season. Seems a bit premature, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, you'd look at uh, Terry. I mean, Terry. There was all this. Oh, and you know, my decision to come to Villa in the Championship was so I didn't have to play Chelsea in the Premier League. I mean, that I think that's that's just PR, really, because here he is. He's extended his uh, contract to twenty twenty one. Two seasons. I think he's playing the slow game because there's no rush, is there? I mean, he doesn't need to go straight into management because you're setting yourself up for a fall in this in this day and age quickly, and uh, he might as well become the best manager. He p- potentially can be by uh, you know learning everything off Dean Smith and uh, he's in a very good position I think we've got a massive club who have potential to make a dent in the league and uh, it's, it's a journey it's an adventure for him well the beauty is for Terry is that he can uh, he can learn quietly you know under under Smith's wing and, you know he, irrelevant of which way it pans out if it, if he goes tits up he doesn't have any of the flack on him really yeah. But if it progresses nicely, he can have all of the kudos that comes with that. And, you know, when Lampard does get sacked, he can take the Chelsea job off him. So (laughs) it works out quite well. It's panned out nicely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Terry's playing the long game. <laughs> wow. He's just invested in a white cat that he strokes as he spins around on his office chair yeah, waiting for Lampard. It's been a long game for him, and he just applies <laughs> the same rationale that he did with all of the wives of all of his former teammates. It's just a matter of time, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I wrote down a few of the... Uh, <laughs> The, the longer term managers and it's your Eddie Howes and Sean Dyche who have managed to get over six years. I think they're coming up to seven by the time the uh, season kicks off. They should just go for Warnock and be done with it. Well, Warnock is the 18th longest serving manager in the four <laughs> English top leagues. And we have to remember he got the job literally days after mm. Bruce came in at Villa and that's 18th. So that shows you how many managers have dropped and dean smith currently is the 51st longest serving so there's a good 40 odd 41 managers that have lost their job since he's come in at villa yeah, I which, say, uh, i mean on that rationale he'll be he'll be in a similar sort of spot to, to where warnock is i guess on those numbers next this time next season yeah this time next season for sure Klopp's done three years and yeah, he'll be on four years by the time the season starts and he's won a European Cup so he's in good uh, stead and Benitez is I think the fifth longest manager and I always thought he was just a temporary I can't believe he stuck it in (laughs) Can you imagine? Waking up in Newcastle every morning Jesus As we speak three years and 102 days Right, let's get on to this one This is a fun one Number two I was delighted opening the show notes to see that I've been given a non-contentious issue. Uh, and I'm, I'm pleased that the Villa Underground has been entrusted with a, with a matter uh, concerning Iran. Um, this concerns <laughs> FIFA rejecting two women at the uh, the Women's World Cup in France for wearing T-shirts calling for Iranian women to be let into stadiums. It's still, uh, it's still the dark ages apparently there. Uh, but FIFA have since apologised saying it was it was a social, not political, yada, 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 usual FIFA rubbish. This against a backdrop of, uh, you know... I mean, it is highly politicised, I suppose, but football's very popular amongst Iranian women, despite the you know the very stringent religious rules there. They're basically not allowed to enter stadiums uh, to watch matches between men, are they? Well, they were given. I think was it, they were given. Was it one occasion last year? And it was picked up by by most of the the international press, wasn't it? That I think. Women were allowed to attend for the first time in forty years, but it's not a. It's not like how Saudi have overturned the the ban for women driving. It's I think they were allowed to go on one occasion, weren't they? Um, yeah. But then you know, there's a, there's a very strange backdrop of all of this, where you know Iran were briefly banned by by FIFA from international competition in 2011 for for wearing hijabs. You know, earlier in in, in 2015, the women's national team couldn't fly with. That was the captain. Yeah, that she couldn't fly because she didn't have the permission of her husband. What? <laughs> I can't imagine my wife approaching me for permission for anything without me getting a royal kicking. And, and the other even bizarre thing is that, you know, Rand's Football Association have been accused of being unethical after, you know, it was claimed that eight of their players within the women's team are men awaiting sex change operations. I mean, this is like a, the most surreal, backwards, long list of... I think if anybody out there gets bored of the uh, the Premier League next season, just... Start getting into Iranian football because it seems to be... uh, It's bizarre. Bordering on the bizarre. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. In Iran, apparently, uh, it's okay to have like realignment, you know, despite all the other uh, stringent uh, rules on various other things. uh, I think it's a two-year process to have that the sex change. Do you think they're going for World Cup glory or something? (laughs) (laughs) It's... it's, uh, We'll play eight men. (laughs) 
it makes the uh, is it the South African runner Semanya? I mean, it makes that look rather tame by comparison, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. I think there's been some films on this. There's definitely been films on uh, the female football fans, obviously dressing up as men to uh, get into games and obviously just be spectators. It's a bit Monty Python life for Brian, isn't it as well? It is. No, very, very much so. So that's probably a good way to surmise it. Uh, on another note, the African Nations has kicked off mm-hmm. at, at a decent time this time. Normally they have it over like January or something mm-hmm. where you lose all your, your key players if they happen to be African. Codgers in the Ivory Coast team. Yes. Obviously Elmo's over there as well. Uh, but one thing I didn't really realise... As captain, he's a captain as well of Egypt. Yeah, indeed. And he has more Twitter followers than Aston Villa, <laughs> I think, still. By a million, I think. <laughs> And I remember, <laughs> quite remarkable. I remember, I remember writing a uh, Venglos view uh, when we signed him. Basically, I wrote this story, a satirical story, saying that Villa had only bought Elmo to basically harvest his Egyptian <laughs> social media following because it was so big on Instagram and Twitter, and they just wanted to boost their own numbers. Do you know what I mean, Elmo? Um... And no, but the, but I, I've heard from a source that it had people sweating in that office because <laughs> because they didn't really get the the concept to satire and they thought i was being serious anyway serious. I, I, I love elmo but anyway uh sorry uh, the oldest continental competition is the copper america ah, the yes. the first version held in 1916 in argentina what i what i didn't really it probably didn't crystallize was the fact that they actually uh invite teams outside of uh the south american mm. district and they actually invited six teams, three from CONCACAF and three from the Asian Football Confederation. Only two actually uh, accepted invitation. That was Japan and uh, Qatar. So I'm looking at the Copper America, just looking at the league tables, and I see Japan and Qatar there, and I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? Because normally it's like America and Mexico, and you think, yeah, okay, I understand uh, you know, why they're playing. Well, and Qatar are there on, on, their, on the strength of their human rights, obviously. It's a bit like the Australians suddenly now competing in the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, as I say, Australia's a few miles off the coast of, of the UK, isn't it? Just reading an article about, uh, we mentioned uh, Neymar's kind of demise a mm. few podcasts ago. And uh, I'm, I'm of the age, when I was young, Brazil was like, it was like this pure spirit of football. It was like watching something else in, you know, the 82, 86 World Cups. It's like football in its purest form. And then commercialism stepped in and Brazilian players realised they could make a lot, hell of a lot more money in places like Italy, you know, mm. Russia, even even. even even Middlesbrough. <laughs> but even in the noughties and the nineties and the noughties, you know, you still had superstar Brazilians, didn't you? You know, Ronaldo, Rivaldo. Granted they, yeah. they had their head turned, it wasn't it wasn't like the the good old days. I mean the teams managed by Dunga were a bit more functional. They weren't mm. like free free spirited. But uh, but now um, you know, we saw what happened to them against the Germans in that World Cup That's when they got true. decimated seven one. Mm-hmm. But in their recent game against Bolivia, uh, I think it was at 60,000 stadium, there was only like, you know, 42,000 turned up. And normally Brazilian fans, we used to be crazy. They'd fill that out, no problem. Mm. And the fans the fans even booed the way, I think Brazil won 3-0, but they still booed, <laughs> booed the way they were playing. <laughs> Winning 3-0 and getting booed, that's great. I don't know, it's probably at the end of that Brazilian dream because, uh, as I said, you know, it's at youth level there, it's, it's almost like a farm now for leagues actually pay money and uh, when you've got young talent like old Wesley the new Villa striker ending up in Belgium where normally you'd 
you'd have been sticking around uh, Brazilian leagues for at least a few more years. Then obviously, you know, there's a there's a problem there. Uh, just quickly before you go on, uh, what, what did what did you think of uh, Wesley Dan? Well, club record signing was the was the big thing for me. Um, did I know anything about him before he'd signed? Nope. Um, do I like what I see? Yes, um, but I'm also a realist. I think that I think even even at Villa, South American footballers have, have took a bit of time to adapt. And you know, in all those Premier League years, I think um, I think you have to play a particular way. Having said that, we've got a Brazilian striker, and I don't recall the last time. I don't think we're all ever saying that, to be honest. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> on the one hand, but um, cautious on the other. Max, I think one fan uh, asked a question, I think it was on Instagram. He, may, he he was basically saying there's just been too much hype about this player. It's a gamble, essentially. I mean, what, what's your mm. kind of take on it? Are, are you feeling confident that we've actually solved the striking position in terms of replacing Abraham if he's not to come back? Um, well, it is a massive gamble, of course it is. Uh, when a player comes over that, let's be honest, none of us had heard of before, it's always going to be a massive gamble. Yes, it's, it's exciting as well, of course it is. Uh, record signing, it's always going to be exciting when it's a, a big striker. But he's got all the attributes that Abraham did on paper to an extent. You know, he, he's big lad, six foot three. He's a bit more muscly, I think, than Abraham. Abraham was a like a slim figure, but... Praying mantis is how we describe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This West lad load looks a bit bit bigger we know his cautionary record uh suggests he's got a bit of fire in his belly and mm. uh he has picked up a few yellows and, and been sent off but he seems to be a bit more of an aggressive presence in the box as well which uh may suit as if uh, we're up against it against better teams that can outplay us where having a bit more aggression for set pieces might uh might come in handy if we can't uh, dictate play as we had done in the, the latter half of uh last season max do you think we need another striker in uh, yes, I think we do. Let's let's say that Wesley snaps his leg against Tottenham. Now what? Oh, why would you say that? Well, no, come on, you got to be real. Like, I was there the Luke it... Nillis day. I don't need any more of that. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> is it is it Codger that goes up front? He's not going. Uh, Scott I'm... Hogan. Scott oh, Hogan, and that's a beautiful segue hey. into the Scott Hogan <laughs> touch can. I'm just I'm just waiting for his name to be mentioned. You're welcome. <laughs> Sitting here patiently. Right, well, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, limited budget. We can't get the Scott Hogan touch count meter out to uh, the African continent to uh, track our players there. So uh, we are focusing on, uh, we just mentioned him actually, uh, Mr. Tammy Abraham, who looks like he's lost to us, lost to the Claret and Blue faithful. Goodbye, my lover. <laughs> we may have a chance uh, in, on the last day, as we did. Uh, that's how we got him in the first place, if he doesn't really fancy his chances under Uncle Frankie Lampard. So, an England under-21s have been uh, getting knocked out of, uh, <laughs> without much of a whimper. Abraham hasn't started games, but he's uh, come on as a sub. So they got not the first question. I'll start uh, at the end. They they uh, they played Romania. Abraham came off the bench on the seventy uh, sixth minute. Actually scored, made it two all, and then Romania beat us four two, and that was effectively England knocked out of the tournament. Question is, how many touches did he have in those fourteen plus? added time minutes he was on the pitch we'll do a best of three because he was he also appeared in the next game and then there's another question as well if we need it who's going first should we flip a coin or uh, is somebody going to volunteer I'll go first with nine. Oh, I was going to say nine. Maybe you didn't go first. <laughs> oh, Listen, this yeah. is a little bit like this is a little bit like your little game of football with the Villa. You could have cleared it. You could have not let it. I'm go not in having there. this. It doesn't okay. matter. Nine. 
It's probably I better win now more. after that bravado. Okay, eight. Let's go eight. Oh, fucking <laughs> eleven. Oh, oh, it's in off the shin. I went the wrong way. <laughs> totally the wrong way. But I mean, fair oh, enough. But, yes. but my advice to people in this game: if it's not about Scott Hogan, go higher than you normally yeah. would. <laughs> Oh, how does it feel? It's like being, it's like Tonev scoring past you, isn't it, Max? (laughs) That was against Romania. (laughs) So in the first game, France, we got beat 2-1, didn't we? This pretty much knocked England out of the tournament before it got going because we were 1-0 up and then uh, got a sending off and then we were kind of up against it after that. Tammy Abraham came on 74th minute. So he actually had 16 minutes, a couple of more minutes more than uh, he did in the next game against Romania. How many touches? And uh, Max gets to go first this time. How many touches did Tammy have? Uh, nine. I'm going to stick with nine. Oh, he's taken the nine. I like how he's... Uh, I'm going to go with but... ten. Oh, he's gone the wrong way. No! Seven. Yes. I knew he was useless. Back in the game. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So I've given you one clue. He's scored one goal. So mm. over those two appearances... Mm. How many shots did he have over those two games? Or those, not two games, two appearances. So what are we talking? We're talking 30 minutes all in. Rogers gets to go first on this one. Nine. Nine shots. Hmm? I would not have gone that high. Over two games? Yeah. Only 30 minutes though. Only 30 minutes. Well, I'm going with eight then. (laughs) <laughs> i can't i can't believe that uh dan rogers just self-destructed so spectacularly there. so hold on a minute let's just do the maths i think we know who's won this he's had 18 touches in 30 minutes in total and nine of those have been shots <laughs> uh, not even close i'll reflect uh, i'll reflect on this that's poor. three Three. Yes. Three. Two, of the, two of those were on target. Max Stokes redeems his recent loss uh, against another YouTube channel. Uh, I think they're Villa related. I believe so. Mm. By winning uh, quite comfortably in the end after coming back from the death, the Scott Hogan touch count challenge. Back from behind. Get in. So you both beat Bud in the last outing. So uh, that makes you number one seed at the moment, uh, Mr. Stokes. Wow. What Congratulations. Pleasure. People love this game. I don't know why. It's just not <laughs> of it as well. <laughs> when they join the, the, the Mad Few Facebook uh, group, which you all should do, you're asked, you know, three questions, basically, how long you've been listening, what do you like about it, and where, where do you listen from? Most people say the Scott Hogan Touch Count Meter is the reason why they listen to the podcast. <laughs> we should just dispense wow. with everything else. <laughs> yeah, all that other hour that, you know, takes up all the time, especially when it comes to editing, just uh, do a five-minute show and uh, just focus Focus on the Scott Hogan touch count meter. We can get some nice Scott Hogan t-shirts made up and everything. We'll make him more famous than his actual playing career has. <laughs> right, let's get on to... Uh, well, first of all, I, I just want to give a big shout out to the patrons that have joined. Uh, there's actually been a few uh, in the last uh, week or so. Uh, there's a few... I'll save the uh, the... Up people who have upped their pledges to the end. Uh, so a big thank you to uh, Corbin Conover, Sebastian Half, Carl T- Taylor, David Atkins, Huel Grimmett, James Hill, Chi Lu, Omar Go, Ben Wordsmith, Donald Kidd, Ian Humphreys, Luke Wilson, Jamie Partington, Tom England, Simon Wharton, Ian Lowe, Lester Manning, Sam Beeford, Andy Castle, Sanjay Pradhan, Steve Morris, Richard Peplow and John 
Coif or Cruyff. I'll, I'll call you John Cruyff because that's uh, cooler. Cooler. Thank you very much. Uh, please do support the show as we uh, try to pay the way that has nothing to do with clickbait and uh, content just for content's sake. Please go to myomansaid.com and uh, check out the patron option on the menu for further details. Thank you very much. Right then, big question. I keep seeing it around. People getting frustrated. No patience in sight. Why no Mings? Max, why haven't we got Mings? Why haven't we got Mings? Tell me. I don't know the answer to that. Um, look, it's he's a tough Bournemouth, one. He's Bournemouth's player. That's exactly, the starting yeah, point. It's not our place to do anything, is it? It's Bournemouth's and, you know, everybody wants him. But if, if that's not the right deal, then we aren't going to go for him. Villa, Villa's, Perslow isn't going to be sentimental about it. He's going to take the best option for Villa, not just what the fans want. So, yeah, I, I want him as much as anyone else. But you've got to be patient. You've got to look at the other options and just, just wait to see what happens. We recorded an, another show where we, we answered the same question, uh, This the the Mad Few question and answers session, which uh, will be released after this show. But as I said in that one, uh, Dan Rogers, it's a bit of a poker game at the moment because there's they know Villa are desperate for this player. Yeah. This is, this is sorry, Bournemouth, the cherries. So the price is perhaps double, uh, even more, you know, higher than double that we could have got him if we just bought him outright in January. Obviously, his injury record would dictate that it was a huge risk at that time mm-hmm. and potentially is now if mm-hmm. we pay over the odds for him. Lots of newspaper talk, which I haven't actually read. I've just seen people crying uh, about, uh, why are we going after these players? We should go for Mings. Now, the idea, you know, when, when you're... Uh, at auction or bartering for something is you do that the old classic walk away don't you You say yeah well we're not interested anymore we're going to go after these instead since you're being an arse asking for like 15 (laughs) million or whatever and i always thought this would potentially be the case and the ming's deal would potentially be done let's say in july rather Mm. than june yeah when it cooled down a bit we tested their metal and we do need other center backs so that's why we're also going after other center backs as well yep I agree with all of the above. I think there's Mings obviously has to go back and I think negotiate with his parent club anyway. Yeah. There's, there's going to be an element of, you know, you have to open Instagram, everyone's on holiday. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, though, though I'm sure people can do deals, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to get face to face with people and, you, you know, negotiations have got to be had. From Villa's point of view, um, the, the one glaring elephant in the room, I suppose, is that I think Mings will have other suitors, undoubtedly. Um, whether they'll be a, a better or greater or, I don't know, um, a more appealing proposition, I don't know. I just, I just think inevitably there's going to be other teams sniffing around. Fee's a big deal for me. I think that I don't think Perslow's an idiot. Um, and, uh, you know, he's had two very, very bad injuries. And I think that though we really want him and we've seen all the reasons why we want him, we, we mustn't pay over the odds we've been down that road before. And it's not just the fee that kills you, it's it's wages. You know, Mika Richards really had a chronic injury that yeah. prevented him ever from, from playing. You know, the, I know there were other issues there, but but the, the, the cost the cost applies. So in, in, with, with the injuries in mind, and I, I'll ask this question to both of you, uh, what would be your highball figure where you say go on then funny enough i had a dream i'll i'll I'll, i mean i wasn't going to mention this but i'll I'll throw it in there i woke up this morning i had a dream that uh i was at a pre-season game and god knows why i'm dreaming about villa to to me sleep (laughs) your pre-season trips with chris bud have truly taken on a new dimension haven't they? (laughs) that trip to warsaw the romance to watch West Ham. Oh my God, I'll never forget that. Uh, no, uh, seriously speaking, though, no, uh, well, it's not serious speaking because it's ridiculous in, in the first instance. But uh, 
I'm I'm overseeing in the morning Villa training. I'm doing a bit of a Leeds United, and I see that Mings he's not involved. He's signed for Villa, but he's not involved. And then I bump into him, and we get chatting. And the way this dream works out is he's had a bit of a wild one over the summer, and he's broken down, injured, and he's and he's saying, well, you know, when your body's not on top form, you're susceptible to you know get injured. And he's out for three months, and that's how the dream ended. Mm. Oh. Anyway, I don't, you know, maybe I am the oracle. Who knows? But uh, the moral of that story is you could, as we've just alluded to, you could pay over the odds because uh, Bournemouth are playing hardball. There's obviously pressure from the fans. Uh, on Villa to get this player and it's a great fit because he's totally bought into it he's he obviously enjoyed last season and it's, it's you know it's got his career slammed back on track so sorry an original question considering the risks involved with his previous what is the top mark dollar uh, sorry pound wise that you'll what you think Villa should uh, splash out on him I, I don't uh, think we should be going anything north of 10 oh. is that high 8 10 I'd, I'd say more than that I'd say more than 10 probably Fifteen was the figure that was muted, and people believe that potentially could have got him for six if you went back. Obviously, a good few months. That's why I say ten. I'd say fifteen. If we'd have gone, um, what do they call it? Pre-contract six was the number that was banded around, wasn't it? I'd be happy with fifteen. Um, it's tough, yeah. and with the injuries, it is tough. But mm. you always say, "Don't know." After you've made a, you've said it's something. controversial, isn't it? I'm not sure. Conviction. Have courage mm. in your conversation. Okay, 15 million, 100%. You motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, no, that's, that's fair enough. I, 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 think, I think Villa are probably uh, angling for lower at the moment. I mean, I would imagine. And uh, they've walked away to see what happens. Because obviously we have that clause. We can match the best bid and get the player if obviously he wants to come to us, which I, I would believe he's well up for. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For John Terry uh, extended his contract. We've already mentioned that. I was so happy to see that. I thought it was good. I think it was expected, was it not? I mean, there was talk... Somebody said West Brom had approached him. And, uh, there was talk that maybe <laughs> now was the time to go to Chelsea. 
No. But I think it makes sense. And if I was John Terry, I'd be quite excited about the upcoming season because he's obviously now emotionally involved with Villa. Mm. And, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Oh, he'll, he'll love that back in the back in the spotlight. Any Villa yeah. game now, it's it's John Terry's Aston Villa, isn't it? Dean Smith's yeah. almost going to have to <laughs> elbow his way to the front. <laughs> I'm still here too, remember me? Yeah, we, I mean, we only have to look at the media experience of uh, the playoff final to, <laughs> to know that's totally going to be the agenda. <laughs> And God, it's, you know, John Terry returns to Stamford Bridge. You know, oh, we're going to have all uh, of that. All of that. Yeah. All of that. Courtney House, as expected, three-year deal. Tidy bit of do business. You, absolute bargain. Do you see him as a starter or do you think he's Mr. <laughs> Utility Man? I mean, I think he's good enough to establish himself in a position. I mean, some players obviously uh, have to carry that monkey of being a utility player because they're good in, you know, mm. two or three positions and they don't really get the career that they would have if they just specialised in one. But at 23, I mean, he's, he's coming into that peak development phase of his career, isn't he? And if, if it's, I mean, as the reports seem to be, if we've paid three million pounds for a player who, with game time, looked, you know, the more game time he got, looked a very, very useful player. I mean, you're right with what you say about never establishing yourself in a team, but to have that uh, versatility, maybe is the word, you know, that he... I was blown away uh, once he got, got up and running, like some yeah, of his yeah. passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just thought he was, you know, he was a bit of a muscular Hulk, and uh, you no, know, very strong, in, strong in defence. You know, that, that's the limitations. But he's he's pretty decent on the ball, very tidy. As yeah, you say. Max, absolutely. Max, were you yeah. surprised by him? A little bit, yeah. After being at Wigan away and uh, watching Brentford <laughs> oh, away on God, TV, yeah. I thought, oh God, here we go again, another donkey <laughs> we brought in. But no, he's he's proved <laughs> himself. He's he's been fantastic. I think whether he'll start or not, probably not. But I think as a squad player. And maybe an option if someone was to get injured or whatever. I think it's a, a really, really good sensible signing for a really good fee as well. Bargain. Jed Steer, surprise four-year contract after he did have uh, an extension of a year. I think, after, was it at the end of the season or? Mid-season, wasn't it? Yeah, just towards the end of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. So that suggests that he uh, is going to be one of our top two keepers at least. Hmm. I think this is this is a football club that's been awarding goalkeeping contracts to Mark Bunn for years. Jed Steer can have four years for all I care. He actually is a goalkeeper. But the rumour mill has thrown up, you know, keepers like Tom Heaton, Butlands. We've been linked to Heaton for forever. Yeah. I don't blame. The Butland thing, it seemed a bit weird that we'd be banging out 20 million on a goalkeeper. I understood. Mm. I mean, we've already discussed this where if you class Jed Steer as a solid 7 out of 10, maybe you really yeah. need an 8 or 9 in that, especially in that transitional season uh, in the in the Premier League. Well, there seems to be a question mark against Kalinic already, doesn't there, and uh, around his long-term future, which is amazing. Um, and then the <laughs> we will have the return of Orion Nyland to consider. I mean, the funny, the funniest <laughs> thing, uh, well, like when we signed Wesley and, you know, you, you, everybody's scraping around for YouTube clips uh-huh. and whatever, and, the, and there's the one where he scored uh-huh. a hat-trick against Ghent. Yes. And uh, I, I just put it up. I basically, you know, Breeze looked at it just to see if it actually showed you what he could do in those three goals because it is literally three goals. And then I went, you know, went back to it later just to see the comments and people are going, is that Kalinic in goal? <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly like, you look at it afresh and you, you see the goalkeeper uh. basically diving out of the way of every shot. <laughs> and you think, oh, fuck. <laughs> And maybe that'll be the reason, you know, like when when players are really struggling, you see those sort of interviews and they go, well, he scores loads of goals in training. Yeah, past fucking Kalinic. That'll be... (laughs) 
Brilliant. If only we we scouted uh, Wesley uh, a bit earlier, we'd have we'd have uh, come across the Kalinic tapes. Uh. Bring back Gallini. That's what I say. Isn't the Italian squad? Isn't he? Is he? I believe he. Yeah, I believe he is. Yeah. Is he? He's still doing... at Atalanta, I think. Yeah, yeah. he's doing no, something right. Sense. And I do follow him on Instagram, and that's an interesting insight <laughs> oh, to I a young Italian's life. He does music now, doesn't he? It's Jesus. a bit odd, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> it's a bit odd. I don't Bless follow him. many players, but if if they leave, I tend to, that's it. Yeah, he's worth following. It's a bit, uh, <laughs> it's a bit out there. <laughs> We're promoting Galini's. What, what, what are you recommending, Twitter or uh, Instagram? The Gram. The Gram. Right, on to, uh, I've spoken about this uh, on the bonus podcast we did uh, for the Moms Patrons, the fan consultation group meeting with Christian Perslow. I knocked up the agenda on this one to, uh, let's say, sharpen it for all those points and concerns that Villa fans had going into this summer and, uh, you know, obviously coming out of the other ends before we kick off on uh, the Premier League season. I mean, where do we want to start? Profit and sustainability is probably a good place. I mean, he described the championship as not a big fan of the EFL. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say too much. (laughs) Funny that. But not a big fan, let's put it that way. Uh, Described the championship as as akin to a maximum security prison, (laughs) which which was pretty good. Well, but in, in the context of... You'll never leave. You'll never leave because you can't spend. You're not allowed to spend. So a lot of clubs aren't making any money. They're losing money. So mm-hmm. how how do they book that? It, there's not really set up to do that. So it's uh, no. it's a bit of a, I suppose, quicksand is one uh, metaphor you could use. So, I mean, we just wanted to be out of that, that league Thank full God stop. I mean, there's a little bit of romanticism. And obviously, you know, Max, you've experienced it of going around different grounds. And, you know, I, I enjoyed going to Rotherham and places like that. A little, a little bit. But at the end of the day, because Villa's a big club, you're sinking in that quicksand quicker and quicker. And we just had to get out. And uh, I mean, as personally said, we're ahead of schedule. And I don't think anybody expected us to get out of that league no. uh, this season the way we did it. <laughs> no. So, uh, it's, I mean, it's happy days. I think we're all still on cloud nine, so to speak. So we are compliant. Obviously, the, uh, the it's done over three years of accounts and the last... One hasn't been uh, in, but uh, there's no problems there, we hope. <laughs> How can someone explain to me? How? I mean, look at the fucking mess. Well, he said... I'm sure it's all above board. He said the rules are quite expansive, but he, yeah, said, he, it a, he said it in a way that seems to suggest he was saying that there was you could manoeuvre within them, is, is how I would phrase it. Uh, not, what he, not what he said, that's what I'm saying. So it's the difference between... Tax evasion and tax <laughs> avoidance. <laughs> Is that you're, so, <laughs> you're so cynical. Oh, no, no, no. Well, as long as it's as long as it's above board and as long <clears> as we're <throat> uh, some Villa Foundation <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> suddenly has a lot of property. Very um, useful. That's uh, <laughs> it's like a masking agent. Uh, 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 put it this way: if our balls are in the vice financially. How do we go about spending like what is it six million five million on Kalinich? I didn't. Mm. I never got that. That, that was that a point. bit of a weird one. Yeah, Max, I want an answer. Have you, have you got any idea? Um, not really. <laughs> a no, team in no. a team in strife. It's a bit of a strange. But anyway, uh, it's one of those. Do we really need to bother as fans? I think we do need to bother if the club's going under and mm. uh, you know it can't afford to pay its tax bills. But I think you, you, we are witnessing 
let's say they're a bit the owners and uh, personnel are a bit more corporate and let's say professional and they saw an opportunity do you not think that this just sort of underlines with football how you know and we may be benefiting from this by the way the former bet said is that the, how can the rules change when you get promoted it's just it's just bizarre there's still football there's still the club there's still you know the, the rules are different in one one league to another it's yeah but it, the premier league is actually we we are a shareholder in the premier league you know, there's oh, I 20 know shareholders yeah, and, I know, and I it's know. a separate entity. It so, just seems uh, like, you know, for what they're trying to achieve is impossible. And, and the, actually the tool that they have is completely ineffective. So you might as well scrap the whole lot. It's just, it's a bit all a bit bizarre to me. Because once you become a crisis club, it, you're in a serious problem. Yeah. And, and the EFL, uh, I mean, it's all about money at the end of the day. It's yeah, the, yeah. Same, the same thing. The lack of it. Same thing uh, hampers the, the lower leagues and even the top leagues in some of the, you know, even Spain and it- well, Italy is having problems. As it yeah, is. yeah, Italy's chronically indebted. I've got a new one-off game. Oh. Chinese percentage of fortune. <laughs> I, we need a jingle for Chinese percentage of fortune. Who wants to go first? I've got a question. Who wants to go I'll first? I'll go first this time. Right then. What percentage of Aston Villa does Dr. Tony own at the moment? Um, t- 20%. 20%. Mr. Rogers? I'm going to go 1%. <laughs> 17. Yes! Max Stokes also... Well, he's he's doing bloody statistics A-level. So he's always, <laughs> so he's Dr. Tony always... has 17% That was of one Aston of the questions. <laughs> That was one of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it went. It dropped from around the forty mark to twenty five, and it's slowly whittling away. Uh, so maybe we'll get an update on the Chinese percentage of fortune. But it's I think still an impressive they, amount of amount of a football club to own when you never had any money. <laughs> it's, it's a weird position to be in. Personally, doesn't hold back when he gives his opinion of, let's say, the previous regimes, and we're not talking about just the last one, obviously, because uh, the rot uh, extends uh, further back than that. And, yeah, know, Keith Wyness called him a fraud on Twitter openly. Oh yeah, no, uh, but I think he refers to probably Wyness as well. Mm. So it's it's kind of an easy wicket in some respects for uh, Perslow because you can't do any worse if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, he doesn't like the uh, the building that's on top of the uh, the villa store. Do you know the one? Yeah, yeah. But you worked in there, haven't you? I did, bloody hell yeah, I did when I was, that was my first job. You better take a picture because I think Perslow wants to get rid of it. Oh, we did, don't you need to do one of your uh, applications to get it protected? That will really piss him off. No, I'm, I'm happy for him to demolish that, it's ugly. No, no, it's a, it's a brutalist <laughs> piece of work and I'm going to make sure that it's listed by tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, uh, that was an interesting question because uh, I asked him, uh, you know, Derby were recently revealed that they'd sold Pride Park to uh, Mel Morris for 80 million and then they leased it back. And the press were obviously pointing their fingers at Villa mm. doing the same or having plans mm. to do the same. And uh, I said, well, uh, in the context of the question, I said, you know, there is a subsidiary company called NSWE Stadium Limited. Mm. obviously our owners is this linked to this in any way and he kind of laughed and said eh, yes and no <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you know God. but the upshot was and i think it's in the official notes that no ownership of villa or parts of villa will go outside obviously the the current ownership setup but mel morris is for example in the derby situation he's their chairman yet he owns that personally and leases it back it's uh, a bit dubious so i don't know there's something going on. maybe that answers your question of uh, what you were 
what you were wondering earlier on about how have they they pulled the rabbit out of the hat, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't dwell too much on uh, on that. Uh, in terms of uh, everybody talks about because we've got thirty thousand season tickets uh, holders now. Everybody's talking about oh, why don't we get the expansion on the go? And this is like the term personally used was bogus logic. I mean, I, I think I refer to it as like a placebo that uh, you know Doctor Tony and previous uh, owners had put out there. Like, yeah, we will expand. You know. Mm-hmm. When I spoke to Dr. Tony, he said, oh, why, why 60? Why not 80? Why not 100? <laughs> and, you know, that is bogus uh, logic because what's that based on? Uh, it's just fantasy. And personally, in all, you know, non-certain terms, said, like, that's, that's not going to happen, you know, anytime soon. He said, uh, once we have got back to where I want us to be, uh, then, you know, then maybe I'll dust off the plans. I mean, next season there'll be some upgrades. I think I referred to it as will it, will Villa Park be spruced up and... Uh, he said that's pretty much the word that uh, sums it up and referred to it as like having a 50th birthday party and you're invited 200 friends that haven't you know you haven't seen for a while you mm. want to uh, if only they could just do something with the fascia of the north stand and i think it would just lift yeah they they jet blasted that one year mm. that did a little bit but they i don't know what do you do paint it but it's it's not going to look good in any shade of you know any shade of paint they need to paint the gates i think they're uh, <laughs> They're adding, you know, a few more refurbing uh, hospitality suites that weren't used last season. Uh, they're putting in big screens at angles that you can actually see, and <laughs> big big screens, i.e., big. And obviously, the PA new PA system, which was a desperate need, was was signed off actually last year when uh, we kept pushing that one in in these fan consultation group meetings. Do you have problems with the screens, Stokes? Well, yeah, because I'm in the upper hall, the only one that I can actually see at the right angle is the one down the other end by the away fans. Yeah, and that's like too small, 300 metres away. So I've got no, no hope. Being short-sighted as well doesn't help. Yeah, no, uh, Chris says the same thing. Here. There's no real visibility on, on the screens. Have you seen Have you seen the one at Norwich? The one at Norwich where it spins. It's really oh, bad yeah, when, they, yeah, yeah. when they score a goal. It starts to spin. <laughs> it's really tim up, but... <laughs> That was actually mentioned, uh, I think, in the meeting. I mean, unless it's seat back screens, I'm not interested. I was going to throw that out. Raise the bar. (laughs) But I mean, to be honest, they're quite temperamental. What they show as a replay, sometimes you don't get exactly what you you know you're expecting, and you're looking at the screen, and it never comes. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, sponsorship that was a bit of fun actually because obviously Perslow in previous previous I think it was a supporters trust meeting supporters trust who leaked this uh, meeting information to the internet thank you very much guys <laughs> sponsorship was quite funny because i think at, in a meeting our initial meeting fan consultation group meeting he'd actually you know openly uh, shared his disdain for the idea of having a betting company as in it's not ideal echoed that in the, the trust meeting you're in a position where you've just been promoted in a playoff, so you've shortened the season straight away because obviously it's a couple of weeks after the end of the season. And such deals with bigger blue chip companies obviously take months and months to uh, finalise and generate and raise the money for. And uh, with such a short window, betting companies obviously are very aligned with football as an industry. Mm. They have money to drop straight away and they can make quick decisions because it's the perfect market. I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan, but that's where you get your money from straight away it's like 
I think the mm. deal was with 32 red, it was around just under a million. Mm. And the deal was if we get promoted, then it goes to around the, you know, you're talking about the 4 million mark, but Villa had an opt out that if they got a better deal, then obviously they could break the contract and, and take that. And they've got a substantially better deal, which was being put forward as a record deal. But you would have noticed that it's the same company who've got the training and the sleeves. So is this record deal taken in to account all three assets? I, I pretty much think it is. I think it's interesting that company also got dumped by Wolves as well. That's uh, albeit for, for presumably a larger commercial deal on their side. I asked about that and it was a one-year deal and there was a breakout. If they could get a better deal, then mm. they could take it. And obviously Wolves got into Europe, so they've suddenly got a bit more cachet to attract these companies. And, you know, Wolves are on the up. And it would be, it'd be interesting to see if Villa can catch them up quickly. Mm. Acorn says it's been announced that will be uh, an official charity partner which which i kind of knew before going into that uh, meeting but uh, obviously that uh, arrangement's been refreshed because that was uh, i think acon said it, it needed refreshing so that's why they went their separate ways i mean not strictly separate ways stagnated yeah it's i just stagnated. wonder whether the club could uh, you know diversify that a little bit and i don't know you know there are many many organizations different uh, and similar i suppose to acorns and just wonder whether with the Premier League and how it is and all that money now we could we could spread the love a little yes no indeed obviously part of the idea of setting up the Aston Villa Foundation is to obviously act, have access to grants and things so you can upgrade you know things that fall in the remit of the stadium without spending your own money so to speak but uh, I mean you know you know more about that sector than uh, myself but I'm not going to say too much at this stage uh, any questions Max anything you want to know about Perslow not as yet no I trust him in all that he does Wow, save that wow. soundbite. Oh dear, no. That's what I said about Dr. Tony. <laughs> Beware the Fernando Torres of finance. That's what he went by. Is that what they called him? That's what they called him at Liverpool. Uh, well, uh, he's, oh, he's very distinct. He doesn't like to waste time, which is a, probably a trait that I should take up from him. <laughs> if anybody's waffling, he, he has a tendency to look at his watch, which I, I, I kind of quite liked. <laughs> I mean, he has uh, standards of excellence, and and this is something that we've always spoken about. Aston Villa, how they ran as a corner shop and never looked at the bigger picture, and there was a potential infrastructure there. I mean, I, I mean, I'll ask this question to Max. You're of a generation where Chelsea are seen as this big club. Where I come from, this generation where Villa are always bigger than Chelsea, and then you just suddenly watch this. I mean, Stamford Bridge was a smaller stadium mm -hmm. considerably than Villa Park. And you just watch them, you know, sail on by and, you know, win a European Cup. I was, it's funny because I was talking about this to my man, my mate earlier. He was like, is Chelsea a bigger club than Aston Villa? And I was, if you look before 2003, like Chelsea, come on, they didn't sell out home or away. Um, yeah. I don't know too much about that, obviously, but it's just the youngsters' impression of Chelsea is like this massive club. I know they won the yeah. European Cup in 2012, but nah, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. What they do have, which we don't have, is that international following. Yeah. You know, people will call it plastic, but uh, they sell shirts and uh, all the other merchandise and whatever. And uh, they do have a bit, and they can obviously go abroad and. Uh, fill stadiums in Asia and whatever because they do have that footprint uh, across the world which is something Villa I mean even the fans uh, 
you know, Villa fans don't really appreciate that at this stage uh, because there's all this, you know, I'm a better fan than you, I'm more loyal than you kind of mentality, which I suppose you have at every club, but it's something, uh, you know, 40,000, well, 30, let's say 30,000 season ticket holders is a, you know, it's a minority of, of the potential big support Villa will have and that the club can actually make money off. And now we're in the Premier League, uh, you know, you have to flip back to the mentality before where one of the things we always used to say is they actually don't need our ticket money anymore. Mm. We're, we're almost irrelevant to them. It's all about TV product. And, That's what uh, annoys me about ticket prices. And it has yeah. done for a number of years that it should it should be cheaper or arguably free, you know, to, to go to football and... Uh, yeah, one of my huge bugbears with the modern game amongst many. I mean, you know, every team's got one of these membership schemes as well, which, I mean, Manchester United, for example, have had a membership scheme for years and obviously they've got a worldwide base. So you could join for like, you know, 25, 30 quid and feel part of Manchester United because you'd be an official member and, you know, mm. you live in Indonesia or America, wherever. Now, Villa never had that. And you're just thinking, who's dropping the fucking ball here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's such a dropped cat. And, you know, they only brought these memberships in a couple of years ago. And you're just thinking, wow, because to the international fan, and you want to feel some official, you know, proximity to the club, you want to be a member of it. Yeah. And all you got to, you know, you charge 30 quid, send out a card, a pin badge, and, uh, you know, happy days. I mean, we've said this repeatedly before, the villa, and villa has been parochial. For, for a long, long time. And it's something I mentioned before that, you know, other sports, other other clubs, other, you know, I took my little boy down to Wasps in the back end of last season and he got piles and piles of, you know, of free merch, Wasps this, Wasps that. He goes to Villa Park, you don't get any of that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that it's not a case that you should be given freebies and we should be shooting shirts and cannons into the crowd, you know, but... <laughs> I, I want that to happen. I know yeah, Max does. Yeah, well, you know, but they do, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but it, we don't create any buzz around it, you know. And I've said before that. But you know, uh, you, you'd, you'd need a t-shirt cannon, like turbo, <laughs> turbo charge, to fire them up into the upper Holt back rows. Still after a shirt. Yeah, they, they'd need to, to fire the tissues into the back of the Holt so Max can stop crying about his defeat to the Villa View. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, By the way, there's, there's going to be a row of stewards on the back row of the Holt upper. What? It sounds like they're going to try to uh, stop the standing up there. Oh, uh, God. What? Be- I'm not because, having that. Yeah, Good luck with be- that. Because of the, uh, you know, health and safety, the SAG or whatever it's called, the Safety Ground uh, Organization. Uh, and this is what happens when you get in the Premier League. You start to remember all from a, being a member of the Football Supporters Federation, which is now the Football Supporters Association. You start to remember the old battles now mm. and... Uh, I'm now back in the Premier League group and starting to get those kind of emails and issues. It's a lot more, let's say it's a bit quieter in the championship. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be a question I was going to throw at you, Max. How are you How are you looking forward to, or planning for, I suppose, the strict rights management of the Premier League in terms of your videos? Yeah, that's the thing. Towards the end of last season, I kind of stopped. Mm. If you look at my videos, I don't actually film too much of the game anymore. No, like especially yeah. at Villa Park, obviously, because you can't you can't see anything anyway, um, <laughs> because I'm so bloody far away. But I'm going to try and stop filming the mm. the actual game. Obviously, I know you're not allowed to do that anyway, but yeah, maybe just more just film uh, the fans or whatever. I don't know. I, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. One thing I wanted to do with my own man said, which I never, I've never found the, the visual talent. So if there's any graphic designers out there or artists or whatever who are Villa fans and you want to get involved, uh, do uh, knock me up. Because uh, there's always visual potential with this. 
because imaginations are, are, are big and sometimes a bit surreal. But like, for example, photos, you have to pay for photos. Now, luckily, Getty Images allows you to embed for free. Mm. because they knew it was a losing battle. But sometimes they stick ads on those photos and it slows your site down and it's a bit of a pain in the ass. So I had this idea of just just using stick figures for, for like all the pictures and whatever, just like making up, and even in animation, like you could do a podcast with where, you know, if you're describing a goal or whatever, you'd have an animation of stick figures or a basic animation or whatever. And we, you know, Dr. Tony, we, we wanted to, we wanted somebody to animate that and have it as a little sketch. So it'd be like a visual sketch, like those four, four tunes or whatever. And it would work a lot better, but obviously, you know, you need time and you need money and, you know, it's, it's working for free does not uh, really... Uh doesn't pay does it <laughs> doesn't pay at the end of the day and if you this is the amount of things you want to do but you just got to say to yourself no you just got to kind of uh do as best as you can rather than uh putting yourself into an early grave by uh you know <laughs> working 24 hours a day on something uh i'm just thinking if there's anything important from this meeting or, or anything it's kind of all in the notes and uh if you are a, a mom's patron do check out the uh episode where we discuss we discuss it for about 40 minutes so it's a bit more thorough and detailed uh, than this right what else do we have to do on this show i think we'd come to an end haven't we we have indeed right what have you got coming up mr stokes on uh, villa on tour you're actually off to leipzig are you not we are indeed we're going to be heading across to germany for five or so days and i'm going to be doing a few videos out there so that'll be a laugh uh a lot of other villa fans i know are going so we'll have a laugh watch the villa in the sun you can't beat it have you met chris from uh, norway yet I haven't, but I've heard that he's going. So one of the mad few, he'll be there as well. I, yeah, I think, yeah, he, yeah. I think he'd like me to come as well. And uh, I haven't ruled it totally out. It's just, uh, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Get yourself over, man. We'll yeah. have a laugh. I've got uh, weddings and uh, all kinds of shit in that uh, week. Also, uh, I kind of fancy going to Spurs against Inter Milan as well. Mm, just enough. to build up my booking booking history for the next <laughs> <laughs> for the next game. So you can get play. into the cheese room. <laughs> Hmm. Well, well, we'll see. I haven't ruled it out yet. I'll, I'll have another little uh, internet search. Uh, just some quick questions from Instagram. Uh, we've covered most of them. Uh, Rad Chris ninety two says, uh, "Should Grealish be in the England squad right now?" Yes, Max. Uh, yes, just yes. I don't really want him to rush him into England because you know what happens. Oh, Heads get turned. Win, he starts mm-hmm. talking about how much other you know his teammates are earning, and and it and never nice goes Londoners. right. Villa players seem to disappear once they play for England and uh, they get ideas so uh, I'm, I don't and <laughs> luckily Grealish can't get ideas <laughs> I'd rather him uh, knuckle down at Villa but anyway Ben I think it's Ben Ira Duck it's all one word it's Instagram what well, you know it could be anything first question will you eat a Villa dog next season no nope. Pro- <laughs> probably not <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to the chicken bolty pies, thank you. Ooh, it's not chicken. I was going to ask you, uh, Dan Rogers, uh, as a sub-question to this. Uh, <laughs> since you single-handedly put Villa Dogs on the map uh-huh. in, in the <laughs> Villaverse, have you actually ever had one? I, I, I've i never had a Villa Dog touch my lips. <laughs> it's the it's quite phallic, it's too pink. It, I can't do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think the same person asks, or it might maybe somebody else, uh, about the gatekeeping of new fans and returning fans. Uh, I haven't really 
read social media, uh, but I've seen a few people that there has been, has there not? I think since this thirty thousand, uh, yeah, a lot of fighting over who's plastic, who's returning, just for the glory, you know, for the Premier League glory. I mean, have you seen much of this, Max? What, what's your uh, take uh, on it? Yeah, you see it around. There's a few people saying, "Oh, where were you and we were shit and all this kind of stuff," yeah. but I couldn't really care less. <laughs> like it doesn't bother me as long as you're there okay. yeah i mean i it's about your personal your own personal journey i think you don't give mm. a fuck what anybody else thinks if you know everybody's got different circumstances and nobody's you know better than anybody else in terms of yeah. uh being a villa fan really it's it's a bit childish and it's all about self-interest protecting self-interest i mean obviously you're going to get first dibs if you've been to every away game you should get first dibs than somebody who hasn't been to any games i mean that's just kind of common sense but yeah what well, it's the same always for every club isn't it where were you when we were shit dan 91 suit says sue as in s-o-u are villa itk's fun or annoying annoying yeah absolutely pointless yeah. swill clickbait shite pointless is exactly the word uh, i would use i think yeah, i use stronger words uh, in, the, uh, in another podcast coming up <laughs> grealish bible asks will we sign mings this month if this month is june i would say it's more likely in july agreed max yeah. stokes if it's going to happen it'll be in july hopefully. ian ian wisely of just outside of sydney asks dave and co are you convinced we have a squad that can cut it in the premier league i think uh, ian the, the current squad couldn't even cut it in the championship because there's enough players yet no, i don't think we've got enough to field 11 players have we no. i think henry lansbury would be captain probably <laughs> get bjarnison in there Left back, maybe. Nice one. <laughs> Get in centre back. Jesus. Alongside Kalinic <laughs> at centre back and steer and goal. Actually, play Nylon right back. Maybe we could field 11. No, 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 no. no. You, you don't forget about Aaron Dishbowler. He could uh, <laughs> slot in. Uh, yeah. But no, seriously, uh, I think we. I, I don't think you can talk about how well we're going to do next season. No or Have we got a squad? Because we're we're a month away from at least having any idea. Yeah. Because there's uh, some major parts to uh, to buy. Uh, Ethan Wood Wood says new signings potentially. I haven't got a clue. I mean, going back to that ITK, once upon a time uh, in Lam- one Lambert season, somebody got in touch with me. He said, do you want to know, this is at the start of the window, he said, do you want to know who we're signing? I replied, I don't care. He said, do you want to know? He said, well, give me your number. Let's talk. And I said, well, I'm not, you know, not that bothered. And, and I said, but, you know, give me a call at two o'clock the next day. So he called me and in detail, he told me every player that we were going to sign. And we're talking Jed Steer from Norwich. We're talking Bakuna. These are players... We didn't even know he fucking existed. <laughs> Jed Steer, nobody I wish knew. I had never existed. <laughs> Jed Steer, nobody knew who he was. He said some young uh, keeper from Norwich, and we were linked to another because obviously Lambert was the uh, you know previous manager of Norwich, and we were linked to I think their number two. Steer was like number four or something. He was like a young buck. Uh, Hellenius. Oh my God! Pull pants down, Helene. Yoris Akore was a, a rumor, but he said that's definitely you know in the bag. Blah blah. Helene is like nobody knew who the fuck he was, and it was basically that young and hungry crop that we picked up for you. Moneyball. Know. Now that was a bit more 
the Sherwood year, wasn't it? With uh, uh, the French, fun. the French players, yeah. And uh, you told me about the bomb squad and how everybody had met Lambert at the end of the season for a ten-minute meeting, uh, and he, you know, in, in detail about the corridors they walked down, blah blah blah, and how it's all set up, and uh, basically gave me the list of players that were bomb squad: Hutton, <laughs> Ireland, Darren Bent, blah blah Stephen blah. Stephen Ireland. So he had all this information. And it was at a time where Villa were just frustrating, you know, to be a fan of this. And he was just saying the fans, he was basically saying the fans need to know that all of this rubbish that's been written is bollocks. He said, I know the players because, he, you know, I think he knew somebody who obviously was in the office that was signing off the contracts. People didn't mind speaking because it wasn't exactly they were enjoying their job, etc., etc. So I had the full lot at the start of the window and even then I wasn't bothered I mean I said to him I said we're not going to blow your source you know like a WikiLeaks dump so the first thing I slipped out was Villa are interested in a young Norwich goalkeeper Jed Steer but apart from that I would if the press were talking some bullshit. I, w- I knew exactly who we weren't getting because this was a written in stone, already set up list of people we got in and we got in everybody off this list. I think even Tonef, I think, potentially was on there. And this is the thing. It's like, what do you gain from it? You know, what but you're going you to have from- months and weeks and weeks of this. No. What, you know, what do you gain from being ITK when you actually don't know jack shit? No. And the reason I would only be interested in knowing things, so at least I know when something's bullshit and not. So at least if I write something, it you know it's kind of uh, based in fact and it's truth. It's like these people chase Uruguayan journalists because we're going to sign Hernandez or whatever, and they they get so de- far down the rabbit hole that they want to believe it. And well, whoever the source is, it's, it's why I'm thinking about this Butland a little bit. Is like the more people talk about it, the more they almost like wish it into existence when it might not even be uh, you know a thing at all but it's just wasted time isn't it it's like you know mental chewing gum you don't actually swallow it it's just a load of bollocks you spit well, it, becomes, it out it just becomes a story that's based upon a story that was never a story yeah. as well. and then you get the rehash ones every window like you know in Villa's context it's Cahill it's Delph it's you know old players or people related to Dean Smith uh, another question sorry I forgot who uh, asked this one will Codger be at Villa in the Premier League Yes, until January, I predict. When oh. I would be cryptic, I think. I think we'll keep hold of him, Max. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. I think we will. I think he's he's an option either yeah. on the wing or at number nine as well. He's he's always an option. He's not not going to start or anything, but yeah. he's a good squad player again. Hmm. Uh, Ronald Steesley, we already answered uh, your question of our fans overreacting to the signing of uh, Wesley. <laughs> I think that's the most exciting signing so far. I think it's you know, potentially the only real big signing because obviously uh, we expected El Ghazi and Horst to turn up. Uh, Gilbert, we already know about. Shall I end? I think I'll end, end on this question because I, lo- I love its pessimism. <laughs> well, you actually asked two questions. Uh, this one's semi-pessimistic. If we finish, this is H7YD, whatever that means. Are you ready for these? I'm First ready. one, if we finish 17th and Grealish has a good season, 12 goals and assists. I don't know if that's total because that's pretty much what he got. So I think he got six of each, didn't he, last season, something like that. 12 goals and assists. How much do we sell him for? A hundred million dollars. I think if we if we finish seventeenth, <laughs> that suggests we stay up, so we keep him. So uh, I don't quite understand that one. I think if we get relegated, then we sell him because uh, that's probably the only way we'll probably survive. Mm. 
But anyway, Max, anything to say on that? Um, again, I, I don't think we'll let him go, but if I had to put a figure on it, it's, it's got to be 40, 45 yeah. million maybe, something along those lines. And uh, staying on the, the side of negativity, if we get relegated, should we aim to win the league title in the championship? <laughs> well, well, what else are you aiming for? A, no, a back-to-back relegation? Ooh, we've not done that before. Let's do that. <laughs> league one yeah. tour. Yes. I don't think we're going to get relegated this season. No, we're back. We're back. Right, on that note... We're going to do it, Leicester, aren't we? Right, I think that's uh, enough. If anybody's uh, got any questions, do go to the uh, Madfew Facebook group, uh, especially uh, about the Perslow meeting. In the meantime, I also want to thank the patrons, Daniel Gooding, Paul Egan, Daniel Good, and Connor Casey for upping their pledges if you want to join us and support the show. As we expand it into more editions, uh, that's more time sitting at my desk editing, please go to myomansaid.com, click on the uh, patron option and uh, you'll get all the details there. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, all the other good podcast apps please do tell like-minded friends to uh, get involved in the show and listen to it follow villa on tour on youtube as well is uh, villa underground up and running yet are you waiting for the new season to kick in it'll be back with clickbait and news and rumor from the dungeons shortly right until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye my old man I, I don't uh, think we should be going anything north of 10. Oh. Is that high? Mm-hmm. 8, whose phone, who's, who's phone keeps going? Not me. I believe that's me. Sorry. Right. That's We've just uh, taken the throne of the Scott Hogan touch count off your head. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the question. Uh, yes. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.